Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. The delicious dialogue starts right here and right now. This hour, you'll gain ideas on how to eat well and live well, because if, like me, you believe that the next best thing to eating food is talking about it, well, then this is your show. Every week, I'll tell you about my favorite wines and recipes, foods, restaurants, and gadgets for your kitchen from around the globe, and we'll be joined by distinguished authors and experts, artisans, and chefs tech and trendsetters too, and oh, with a little bit of travel and good health thrown in, we'll share truly scrumptious knowledge. So I hope that you'll tune in every weekend, mark your calendar, but don't worry, if you happen to have missed a show or would like to master a topic, well, you can find my podcasts posted on iTunes and a direct link at chefjamie.com, where you'll find an arsenal of recipes to fill every day with fabulous flavor. I'm all about culinary discovery and feeding your soul, so you can find my daily dish, shameless as it might be, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all over social at Chef Jamie Gwen. So let's get this party started, shall we? I'm always trying to share tips and tricks to help you navigate around your kitchen like a pro, and I like to kick off this show with a tutorial of sorts. Now, if you're like me, you use a lot of Parmesan cheese. So let's get cheesy, shall we? There's Parmigiano Reggiano, which has that hard, gritty texture and that fruity, nutty, lovely taste. There's Romano, which is often mixed with Parmesan for uh, an added boost of flavor. I happen to love a Parmesan and Romano blend. And then... There is the king, Grana Padano, often considered uh, definitely the most appreciated of Parmesan cheeses. Grana is aged a minimum of 18 months, and it's made in northern Italy around the Po Valley, where they must have really good cows because it is truly delicious, in my opinion. And I will say, I keep uh, different Parmesan cheeses, uh, cheesei, what's the plural there. (laughs) I keep different Parmesan cheese in my cheese bin for different purposes. So I'll use a grated Parmesan cheese when I need a quick sprinkle. I'll freshly grate from an aged wedge of Parmesan uh, over the top of pasta, usually grana, um, when I really want to pull out all the stops. And then that Parmesan Romano blend that I alluded to, it goes into my baked lasagnas, my casseroles, those that I really want to pump up the flavor with. Now, no matter the Parmesan you choose, I suggest that you buy the best quality cheese that you can. And it is best to grate it yourself, right down to the rind, by the way, using a microplane. But save the rinds, please. Because if you've been throwing away your rinds, and by the way, you know better, you've been missing out on putting them to a delicious second use. So as much as this conversation is about the true beauty of Parmesan cheese, it's really about creating exceptional flavor, waste not, want not. So 
you save these Parmesan rinds in a resealable bag and you place them in the freezer and you just start collecting them. And you could always buy rinds at the supermarket since most cheesemongers today are really smart and they save them and then they sell them to you in a bag in bulk. And when you need a flavor boost, you transform those collected ends into rich, delicious dishes. Now, the rinds themselves add this subtle sort of funky depth of flavor to so many things. You can actually very simply make a Parmesan broth just by simmering the rinds in water and you reduce the water you started with by half. And I stir it every now and then to keep the rinds from settling and sticking to the bottom of the pot. And then I strain it and I use it as a substitute for vegetable broth. So if I'm cooking a vegetable soup or even if I'm cooking beans from dried uh, and they need a boost of flavor, don't they? Well, you throw in that... Uh, Parmesan broth, uh, or even mix it with your uh, broth or stock of choice, and you really do get uh, or gain rather a little bit of pizzazz. Now, I have seven other great ways to use the rinds, so are you ready? Uh, Throw them into your tomato sauce when you're cooking it. They impart some flavor, and then you want to pull them out and, of course, discard them when the sauce is done. Uh, You could place them in a jar, cut them into pieces that fit into a mason jar, pour olive oil over them. Perhaps you could add some garlic cloves too, and make Parmesan-infused olive oil, which is really great for dipping bread into. Um, You do want to throw a rind or two into a bean soup or a minestrone or anything hearty and rustic you're making this cold winter season. I like to throw them into a pot when I'm making a traditional chicken stock uh, because, you know, it's the the peel or the skin of the onion and, uh, of course, that papery skin on the garlic and, oh, the Parmesan rind that adds um, color and flavor to just an ordinary chicken stock. Uh, When you're making a stew, a beef stew, add another level of dimension and throw in a Parmesan rind. And then come spring... When you're steaming artichokes, use them to flavor the water along with, a, you know, a half a lemon and some garlic cloves. And you've made this wonderful aromatic steaming mixture. And then when you're cooking risotto or other rice, you always throw in a Parmesan rind, of course. And lastly, if you want to make the best tomato soup ever, make it super cheesy by throwing in a piece of Parmesan rind. And by the way, this is a great hack. If you're buying store-bought tomato soup at a gourmet supermarket and making it your own last minute, a Parmesan rind thrown in there, rather, uh, will make you a true culinary hero. Now, when it comes to adding the flavor of Parmesan goodness to your dishes, back to, you know, the good stuff that is Parmesan cheese... I have a recipe posted at chefjamie.com for an eight-minute pressure cooker risotto that is out of this world. And I'll tell you, it was inspired by a guest coming up. The New York Times food columnist, Melissa Clark, is stopping by. And oh, she has everything delectable that you can make in your slow cooker, pressure cooker, and instant pot. So don't touch your dial. But if you didn't know, your pressure cooker, either stovetop or electric, is 
really essential to creating a very Italian approved risotto that comes out creamy and delicious every time, just like the original, but it's an eight minute cooking process and it cuts out all the stirring. And that Parmesan cheese flavor is just so richly strewn throughout. Now, you can always consider grating Parmesan cheese in a very heavy dose over cauliflower and roast it for an umami-rich side dish. You could do the same with potatoes for uh, roasted potatoes of cheesy goodness. Uh, Parmesan chicken cutlets, I love. Super simple. Go to Wednesday night meal. Hump day, right? What to make? Well... A good coating of Parmesan on a boneless, skinless chicken breast with a squeeze of lemon, uh, pan sautéed, they're luscious. And then you should throw Parmesan into your scrambled eggs or your next baby green salad, um, and you'll add that salty, umami, scrumptious flavor that just makes it so craveable. And as you always have a bottle of wine on hand for unexpected company, or you keep cookie dough in the freezer in case of emergency, you should always... I insist that you have a sharp triangle of Parmesan cheese in your cheese drawer because it's true. Parmesan will make any savory dish better, almost any. Um, It will make it more deeply flavored and it is more likely to inspire all those, uh, you know, sort of inappropriate noises that you make when you eat something really, really good. That, mmm, oh yes, it comes from Parmesan cheese. And so I say more cheese, please. If you would like this shared inspiration for Parmesan rinds and Parmesan cheese in excess, please email me and I will gladly share you my best tip, uh, share with you and send to you my best tips and tricks. My email address, which will get you to me directly is jamie, J-A-M-I-E at chefjamie.com. And oh, please don't touch your dial. There is so much delicious conversation coming up. She is the New York Times food columnist with 39 cookbooks Oh, yes. She has penned them all. And her newest one is an instant hit. It's called Dinner in an Instant. And we're going to make all the dishes you love in your slow cooker, your pressure cooker, and your instant pot right after the break. Plus, before the end of the hour, we are partying potluck style. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. I'm grateful you're listening, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Oh, yes, we do have the best culinary thinkers on this show. Melissa Clark has been a much-beloved food columnist for the New York Times since 2007, where she writes the uber-popular column A Good Appetite and stars in the complimentary video series, of course. 
You know it and love it as I do. And there are a few writers in this world who have their name on as many spines as she does. Melissa is the author or co-author of an astounding 39 cookbooks, including titles written with culinary legends like Daniel Boulou and David Boulet. And of those award-winning manuals on gastronomy, she's written 21 eponymous titles, her most recent release entitled Dinner in an Instant. Featured in this new cookbook are the significant flavor-forward dishes that Melissa is loved for, all of which can be made in any pressure cooker, multi-cooker, or instant pot. And here to share her practical passion and her invaluable teachings is Melissa Clark. And I love it when you stop by to dish. I'm so glad to have you back. Hi, Melissa. Jamie, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yes, of course. Thank you for being here. Do you know, and, and over the years, you know, I've shared my passion for your talent, but I didn't know if you were aware that I am entirely addicted to your broccoli salad with garlic and sesame recipe. <laughs> Do you know, I make it like once a week at minimum. Oh, you know, that is such a good salad. I'm so glad. I, I, I'm glad you love it as much as I do. I feel like sometimes when you make something and you put it out there in the world, it takes on a life of its own. Yes. So, you know, I've forgotten all about it, but I'm happy to be reminded through you. Oh, that's my go-to like snack in the fridge at the office, crunchy, Asian flavors, warmth of sesame oil. I, I, I absolutely cannot get enough. It's like, it is like kind of eating like potato chips, except much better for you. <laughs> yes. And that leads me, oh, perfect segue. Thank you, Melissa. Um, to ask you if we could better get to know you before we talk dinner in an instant. So speaking of potato chips, I heard you have mm-hmm. a thing for Cheetos and anchovies, but for two totally different purposes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the Cheetos thing is um, it's a little embarrassing. No, it isn't. I just love Cheetos. I know. Who doesn't? I love the crunch. Mm-hmm. I love the orange that gets stuck on my fingers. Uh-huh. Um, I'm also a big pork rind, fried pork rind person. <gasps> Are um, you really? I love them. Oh, this is I like love, full disclosure. You know, when you take a <laughs> I don't know if you love pork rinds the way I love pork. When you, when you take one and you put it on your tongue and it kind of gets attached for a second yes. before it starts to melt. Oh, it's just the best feeling. And they're so salty. And Cheetos also, they, I think Cheetos really are the crunchiest of all the snacks. I agree. So I, I appreciate a good crunch. And I don't eat them all the time. I try to limit them. I try to be helpful. But if I'm going to, if I want crunch, if I want you know, a uh, stop at the gas station, pick up a snack because I'm starving. It, it will be Cheetos or pork rinds pretty you know, much over anything. It makes me feel good to know that Melissa Clark eats Cheetos. It really does. <laughs> like somewhere in the depths of of my soul, it really does give <laughs> give a food lover satisfaction. And anchovies for a totally separate purpose and application. Um, I happen to love that briny umami bomb as well. And you use them without hiding them. I will, you know, I will hide them, and I don't mean to hide them, but ah. I often use them as the base of the sauce. Right. And when you put them in a pan full of olive oil, they dissolve. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily know they're there, especially if you only use, say, two or three, and you're using them in a tomato sauce or a sauté, like you're sautéing chicken. They'll really fade into the background and amplify all the other flavors. Mm. So that's that umami thing, which is just so yes. great. Oh, yum. Okay, pour a glass of wine. Let's sit down and dish. Oh, that's a, <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, about the book. 
Did you have a fascination with electric pressure cookers before you sat down to write a cookbook focused on powerful kitchen appliances? You know, I started researching electric pressure cookers because of an article I was writing for the New York Times. They wanted me to find out why people were obsessed with them. You know, particularly the the best-known brand is the Instant Pot, Um, although there are many brands of electric pressure cookers. And um, so I started reporting on it, and I took, I, we went out the times we bought one, and I started testing it, and um, I really got to know it, and I became a little obsessed myself, because what it, it doesn't do everything, but what it does, it does very, very well. well. I agree with you. I'm rather enamored in the same light. I love the convenience and the speed of it, and I think it's masterful for many things. And once you master that recipe in the pressure cooker, like I'll never make chicken soup in a pot simmered for three hours again. I just won't. It doesn't make any sense to me. That's, you know, it's so true. And, you know, sometimes there are things which they come out equally well. I mean, a chicken soup in a pot is just as good. But the convenience factor, you can't get over the convenience. You know, I always say fast definitely beats slow, but convenient beats fast. There we go. All right. I'm all for that. Uh, By the way, if if you just tuned in, you're late because New York Times much-loved columnist Melissa Clark is here sharing the new release of her cookbook, Dinner in an Instant, and all of these beautiful modern recipes that you can make in your pressure cooker or instant pot, even slow cooker, with the recipes being marked for slow and fast cooking are really insightful. So can we dish on the recipes, Melissa? Although, would you share any ground rules before we start when it comes to a pressure cooker? Yeah, for sure. Well, I always say that, you know, the things that it does well, it does well. So, for example, it cooks big hunks of meat or really dense vegetables or Mm -hmm. beans. Things that traditionally take a really long time on your stovetop will cook very quickly. Um, It's great for soup. It cooks them evenly. It cooks like, you know, grains and farro, things that brown rice, things that take a long time. It'll do them really quickly. Um, But it doesn't do everything. So it does not do crispy. You know, a pressure cooker is cooking things in a moist environment. And if you find recipes that take advantage of that moist environment, for example, cheesecake even. Like a cheesecake, it's a fabulous um, way to make a cheesecake because you don't have to worry about the water bath in your oven. Hmm. Anything moist. However. It does not do dry heat. So your roasted chickens, your crispy chicken fingers, Mm -hmm. your, you know, crispy fish, it's not going to do that. So I say don't ask it to and you won't be disappointed. I I think all of us like to know our boundaries, right? I mean, (laughs) I know know what I can and cannot do and I would like to know that of my appliances. There are are so many things, though, recipes, uh, delicious dishes that you've proven the electric pressure cooker or slow cooker does that you might not have thought of. Like, I can't wait to make homemade ricotta per your suggestion. That's brilliant. They're one pot. I mean, the hummus, you can make it in your um, Instant Pot and your electric pressure cooker, and then you can take an immersion blender and see that you cook the chickpeas. They're done in under an hour. Then you take your immersion blender and you blend in your tahini, your garlic, your lemon, and Mm. it's all in one pot. Really smart. Oh, no doubt. Okay, Melissa, you're making me hungry. Pause there if you would. We'll take a quick break. Back with New York Times food columnist Melissa Clark right after this.
So what's for dinner? Welcome back. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio with New York Times food columnist Melissa Clark, the author of her newest book, Dinner in an Instant, her 39th cookbook, in fact. What is for dinner, Melissa? Well, let, let's keep dishing so many good things to make in our slow cooker, pressure cooker, instant pot. I think that Korean chili braised brisket with kimchi coleslaw would be very convenient for dinner tonight, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That looks so delicious. I want to lick that page, Melissa. Oh, as my. As long as you have the ingredients, you know, the hardest thing about that one is finding some of the Korean ingredients. Sure. But, you know, many large supermarkets have them, and I give substitutions. And the brisket being that tougher cut, so juicy yeah. and so tender, benefiting from the moisture, perfect application. Exactly. Oh, so yeah, good. brisket is really transformed in the uh, mm. in the electric pressure cooker. Yeah, no doubt. It's one of the best uses. Any of those meats, you know, brisket, shanks, lamb shanks, yes. um, pork stew, beef stew, all of it. It's just fabulous. And you know what else is also great? Chicken thighs, chicken legs, dark meat chicken. Fantastic. It makes it so tender. It falls right off the bone. And it cooks in under, gosh, I think it's like the whole thing is under 15 minutes. See, I'm a dark meat chicken girl. And, you know, look, I love the lean and clean, boneless, skinless chicken breast. Okay, I'm dieting day. But there's nothing better than a chicken thigh, like glazed with uh, peach glaze and uh, a little bit of the gochujang from the Korean recipe Mm, for your brisket. I mean, just so good, right? And I agree with you. Dark meat chicken in any slow cook or pressure atmosphere, absolutely delicious. And I mean, it'll it'll do white meat too. But you know, what's interesting about the white meat is that you have to, I find that... um, you really need to cook them separately. You can't just, people throw whole chickens into their instant pots. I don't like the way they come out because I find that the white meat really will dry out. So if you do your breasts separately, they'll come out great. You just have to do it on low pressure instead of high pressure because the white meat is so much more delicate. But there are workarounds. Yes, there are. And, and to so many things. I hate to be contradictory, but you mentioned that uh, electric pressure cookers and slow cookers, for that matter, don't do crispy. But I'm intrigued by your green Persian rice with tadik in the book. And I have oh. a thing for tadik. You know, that's true. That, that, is a, that is one of the few ways you can do crispy. Exception okay, so, to um, the rule, right? Exactly. So for your listeners who may not know, you know, Persian rice often has a crispy bottom Ugh, called a tadik. The and best it is, part. Um, you, it's hard to get. It's really hard. Yes. I mean, most of my Persian friends use um, nonstick pans or they use special Persian rice cookers to get it. And I found that you can get it in, the, um, in your electric pressure cooker. Here's the thing. It really helps to have a nonstick liner. Um, nonstick for a tadig is your friend. It just makes it release without sticking. So you can buy one for an Instant Pot. I think it's 30 bucks. You mail order it. Or some of the models, like the Breville electric pressure cooker, already comes with a nonstick liner. So, you know, and that when I say liner, I just mean the inner pot. Right. And um, what, so the trick to that is you make the rice, and then after the rice is cooked, and, you know, for my green rice, for the tadig, for the green rice of tadig, I add a ton of fresh herbs, you know, Lots of dill and parsley and cilantro mm. and mint. Yum. So wonderful. And then at the end, I turn the saute function on and I add butter straight through to the rice, straight to the bottom. And the butter crisps the rice. Oh, and see. because you've used this mm-hmm. nonstick pan, 
you can pry it right out, and you have this golden cake with this mm. beautiful green rice underneath. Um, mm. And if you do it in your stainless steel pot, it still works. It just doesn't come out in one piece. It comes out in several crispy pieces, but you still get that amazing crispy texture and the wonderful herbal flavor. That is one of my top 10 favorite food memories of sitting at a feast of Middle Eastern cuisine, I will tell you, and fighting over Tadiq. And (laughs) it's true. And to be able to master it in a kitchen appliance, as opposed to, like you said, the challenge of the top of the stove, I think is absolutely brilliant. So uh, thank you, because that will be the first recipe I make from the book. And then you will have to let me know. I will, of course. Um, let's end on a sweet note. Dolce de leche for dessert, please. Oh, yes. It's dolce de leche it is so time consuming to make on the stove. You have to boil that can for two hours <sighs> or three hours. You can put it in your Instant Pot your electric pressure cooker and it's done in under an hour and it comes out perfectly. See, it's genius. And and other than just off the spoon, how do you serve it? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite way to eat it. You know, I love, I, um, I really love it with fruit. Um, oh, nice. You know, just drizzled over some cut up pineapple or a big bowl of strawberries. Um, you don't need that much of it. And it just, you know, when you have fruit that especially... Um, you know, we don't, being a New Yorker, we don't always get the best fruit here. I know Californians do a lot better than we do. But I know we're it, spoiled. <laughs> it really helps, like, perk up, you know, maybe non-perfect fruit. Um, so that's one way. But also just, you know, over any kind of ice cream, it's mm. fantastic. Yes. Or drizzled on a simple piece of, like, a butter cake, just with a teeny bit of dulce de leche, just turns it into this magnificent thing. Yeah, I was going to say. Bread too. Oh, my God. Banana Ooh, bread. Try ban- dulce de leche on banana, banana bread every time bread. you make it. <laughs> okay. See, as I mentioned, we do have the best culinary thinkers on this show. Dulce de leche over banana bread. You heard it here from Melissa Clark. You are the best <laughs> of the best, and I am proud to call you my friend, and I am grateful to share your brilliance. And the book is delectable. It really is. So congratulations on a 39th title. Is there a 40th in the works, Melissa? Always. There is. I'm I'm doing a follow-up. I'm doing a follow-up to the Instant Pop book. Um, You know, the first book was, um, it's a a foodie book. It's for people who really love to cook. You know, it is not entry level. I mean, there are a lot of simple recipes in there, but there's also, you know, there's green Persian rice with tadig. There's duck confit. There's oxtails. Mm. And um, the next book's a little simpler, more weeknight friendly. You know, the kind of things that you can really do in under an hour from start to finish. Nice. Like delicious spaghetti and meatballs, lamb stuffed peppers. Mm. Um, oh, you know, it does some, um, it does like just meatballs fantastically, like it, with spaghetti or without. Brilliant. There's a lot of ways to use your Instant Pot and get dinner on the table super fast. I can't wait to share the next book and and all of the many more that will come, we know. Um, So please come back soon. And congratulations on uh, more extraordinary prose, of course. If you are devoted to your Instant Pot, to your pressure cooker, to your multi-cooker, well, then Melissa Clark, much beloved of the New York Times, is sharing her best recipes for your powerful kitchen appliances. And It really does, I will say, Dinner in an Instant, this new book from Melissa Clark, the new release, it provides the instructions that you need 
to make any dish, almost any dish, possible. It's a new classic, Melissa Clark's most practical book yet, entitled Dinner in an Instant, 75 Modern Recipes for Your Pressure Cooker, Multi-Cooker, and Instant Pot in bookstores everywhere. Follow Melissa's culinary adventures at melissaclark.net and on social at Melissa Clark. Melissa, thank you again. I'm so glad to catch up, and, uh, and I hope that you'll come back again soon. Absolutely. Great thank to you, talk to you. Thank you. So glad to talk to you as well. Okay, it's time for food news this week. Uh, this is to honor a comrade. Jose Andres has won multiple James Beard awards. You know him from his Washington, D.C. restaurants where he started and then, of course, across the country, his SLS hotel, the bazaar, as he's known for, where molecular gastronomy meets modern Spanish flavors. Uh, He has a decades-long culinary career, but he just received a new and very special award. This past week, the James Beard Foundation recognized Jose Andres, the Spanish-born chef, as Humanitarian of the Year for his advocacy on food and hunger issues, particularly with his nonprofit, which is called World Central Kitchen. You've heard about it. Uh, He has been a leading force in post-Hurricane Maria Puerto Rico relief efforts. And in conjunction with Chefs for Puerto Rico, Jose Andres and countless chefs and supporters have served a whopping 3.3 million meals to Puerto Ricans in the wake of the hurricane. He is no doubt an agent of hope and change in the culinary industry. And so Jose Andres, we applaud you. Also this past week, here's more news you can use. Oh, this will make for great dinner party conversation. General Mills announced that it is retiring the hourglass from the lineup of marshmallows in its Lucky Charms cereal with a unicorn. This latest edition, Lucky Charms Unicorn, uh, makes the list of marshmallows now hearts and stars, horseshoes, clovers, blue moons, rainbows, red balloons, and of course, now magical unicorns. And you'll get your first chance at magically delicious unicorns in March. That's next month. And that is your cereal update for the week. <laughs> As the delicious conversation continues, there is always more fabulous food in your radio. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. you have a taste for life, well, then I'm satisfying your cravings every weekend. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Welcome back. Allie Rosen is the life of the party, and she was impressively named one of Forbes magazine's 30 under 30 for food and drink. The founder and host of the Emmy-nominated Potluck TV show and website dedicated to gathering around the table, Ali is sharing easy and stylish recipes for potlucks and casual entertaining in her new cookbook release called Bring It. What a great name. And Ali Rosen is here to dish. 
I'm glad to have you, Allie. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course, a pleasure. Congratulations. The book is fabulous. I, I love the idea of a, a mishmash of recipes. Like, that's what I love about a potluck. You get a taste of so many different things. Yeah, and I think it's become this thing that people stress over. Like, oh my God, I'm invited to somebody's home and I have to bring a salad or I have to bring a dessert. And it really should be fun. You know, yes. a potluck is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be easy. So these recipes all try to fit that mold of being fun and easy. I love the story in the preface when you first um, started planning for this concept of a company. Um, your mom was uh, totally opposed to the term of potluck because it was sounding like a dreaded uh, thought to her, right? Yeah. I mean, my mom was like, oh, people hate potluck. I hate when I don't want to do it. And I just thought, no, you know, a potluck is bringing people together. It's coming to the table. It's sharing. I mean, when you think about it, it's all these words that we like, but somehow it's kind of gone off the rails and people sort of think of their like church basement or, you know, school functions where they have to bring something they don't want to bring and then they end up just buying cookies. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, finding recipes that take 30 minutes or less or you can make ahead um, really can kind of change the game on that. So I've, so yeah, I've spent years trying to change that work. <laughs> yes, and you're, you're doing a very good job, no doubt. Um, the actual definition, Webster's definition of potluck, I happen to love. It has a very positive connotation, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, a potluck is really all about a communal meal. It's about, you know, bringing you know, the luck of the pot, sort of what you had around you. Um, and that's kind of where it started. It's a really old word. And I, this is obviously something, you know, this is not a new creation. This is not an Instagram era creation. You know, potlucks have been around since people have, you know, had homes and have been cooking. So, yes. you know, trying to make it a little more modern um, is kind of the name of the game with Bring It. For sure. And I do love the title. So let's plan a potluck party. First off, just share some of your best make-ahead tips, please. Because when you're going to a potluck, or planning one for that matter, you do need some extra insight as to how to prep in advance, how to make ahead, uh, how to travel with food as well. And you really do have some extraordinary ideas. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is just to get information. You know, if you're hosting or if you're going, just ask the questions that need to be asked. You know, is there oven space? Is there counter space if you need to prep something? Um, is there space in the fridge if your dish needs refrigeration? You know, all of those things we kind of take for granted sometimes. And, you know, not every potluck dish is a room temperature dish. You know, you might have something you want to heat up. So just make sure to ask. The other question to ask, you know, in this sort of era is, you know, what are other people bringing and what genre should I bring? And on top of that, food allergies. So just getting as much information as you can so that everybody doesn't show up with seven salads that all have cheese and, you know, no one, you know, there's a person there with a dairy allergy who can't eat anything. Very uh, smart. You really just want to make sure you're asking a lot of questions. Like yes. that will be the first place to start. And then the second is about storage, you know, buy containers that you can store in or like saran wrap is my absolute best friend you know make sure things are covered uh, make sure that when you're traveling you don't overheat them um, you know if you pull something out of the oven and then you cover it and you travel with it keep in mind that it's going to keep cooking a little bit um, so just preparing ahead and planning is really the best case scenario yeah definitely the name of the game Allie Rosen knows that the keys to stress-free entertaining are simple dishes that don't look simple 
and a little bit of planning and the joy of gathering together to break bread shines in the upcoming release of Ali Rosen's new cookbook entitled Bring It. You can pre-order on Amazon and yes, you want to add this book to your collection. Check out potluckwithally.com to learn more about the book just set to release and follow her entertaining triumphs at Ali underscore Rosen on social. Um, Ali, always a pleasure. Cheers to the next great party. Thank you. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of Food for Your Soul. Do show your great taste and tune in every weekend, please. Find my podcasts on iTunes and directly linked at chefjamie.com where I'm always serving up seconds. And then you can find this next recipe, my last bite, as I like to call it for the hour, on social where I dish daily at Chef Jamie Gwen. You see, a whole chicken in the slow cooker is my newest and most brilliant discovery. A whole chicken, you ask? Oh, yes. You are going to be shocked at how easy it is to roast a whole chicken in your crock pot. And if you haven't before, the finished product is this moist, rotisserie-like chicken. So start this recipe in the morning. Have the chicken ready to rock by dinner and serve it with some beautiful veggies. Use the leftovers the next day for chicken salad, or you could um, shred it into broth and have chicken soup in an instant. And it's so simply done. You season a four pound roasting chicken that you've removed the giblets from and rinsed and dried liberally with salt and pepper, or you could rub it with your favorite dry rub. Now, I stuff a quartered lemon in pieces inside the cavity of the chicken, along with a few garlic cloves and a few sprigs of fresh thyme from the garden. And I place a ramekin upside down in the bottom of my slow cooker so that you raise the chicken from sitting on the bottom of the pot. You place the chicken on top of the upside down ramekin. And you surround it with another quartered lemon, some more peeled garlic cloves, a few more thyme sprigs, because the more the merrier, right? You cover your slow cooker and you cook it on high for four to five hours. Now, if this is my new discovery, I wonder why you hadn't told me before. But if you haven't made a whole roasted chicken in your slow cooker before, run on out now and buy a chicken because it really is brilliant eats. I will post the method of sorts again on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. And I will meet you here next Sunday where there is lots more fabulous food and delicious inspiration in your radio. I once again, thank you for listening. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off and I hope you continue to eat well. (laughs) 